few weeks back, Seven West Media announced a new streaming service at its upfronts. In truth, Streamer had actually quietly launched in the West a few months ago, but now it's rolling out globally. The idea behind Streamer is an elegant one, tapping into the communities who read the company's news mastheads, including the West Australian, Streamer is centred around live community sport. The project is being masterminded by Streamer's operations manager, Nick Wren. Nick, let's start with the basics. How does Streamer work? Uh, well, thanks very much, Tim. Happy to be here. First time along, I've been called a mastermind by uh, anyone by my four-year-old after I've beaten her at some kind of sport, I suppose. <laughs> thanks, mate. Um, in truth, there's a lot of um, a lot of lot of people come together to make this project a reality, but. Um, I can give you a bit of background on it. So about 2019, 2020, uh, Anthony Segley appointed me sports editor here at the West Australian and, and we started a, a sports streaming program behind the paywall uh, at the time. Um, started with PSA Sport, the sort of big schools over here, um, and it just grew really quickly from there to yeah, probably 10, 15 different sports uh, running across the week, uh, the site on any given weekend. Um, and that was all going really well. Uh, and then about two years into that project, um, so Anthony and Marina Fuster, the CEO of Seven West WA, um, they probably realised that there was something more to the program. So, so they had the idea to, um, to to take it away and come up with, you know, our own platform um, sitting outside the confines of the West Australian, uh, where we could put the power back into the hands of the the sports. So. Those were, those were a couple of the, um, you know, it was, the program, again, it was going really well, but there was, we just figured it could be better. So we were acting as a third party between the sports and their audience where we saw that there was more value to be gained for them and for us by um, by allowing the sports to, to run their own programs and sort of get back what they put in and, and kind of remove that gatekeeper element to it. So essentially as it is now, sports, leagues, clubs, Schools can um, can approach us to get set up on the platform, um, schedule their own games, organise their own production, um, and start to find value in their audience. Whether that be, yeah, from a growth value, so just having it completely free and available. Um, we have a voluntary contribution model, which means you're able to keep it free, keep that growth trajectory going, um, but still get some kind of revenue from your audience who particularly at this level of sport, um, everyone's really invested. So they're happy just to kick in. Um, for, they, they, they get, so you, well, you get the, um, the warm, fuzzy feeling of contributing to, um, to the club. So generally in these instances are giving you, um, you know, value in, in your life. Um, but they also get the ability to clip out their own highlights and, and we like to, to give them a couple of extra elements there. Um, but the leagues also have the ability to go behind the paywall if they wish. Yeah, well, look, that that gives us loads of things to just sort of dig into right there. So look, maybe a, a, a good place to start is one of the the points you made is it started off life behind the behind the paywall, and that sort of I, I suppose you know make makes a lot of sense to me. That idea that what newspapers and you know news mastheads when they're digital are always looking for is extra value for audiences when they subscribe or extra reasons to subscribe so it might be worth talking about that decision first of all to you know sort of what the thinking was when you initially launched it behind the paywall and what the kind of evolution of the thinking is now that it's freely available 
So the, the initial thinking when we launched it behind the paywall was we had a strategy to really hone in on the local side of things um, with the sporting coverage overall. So really getting, getting down to the minutiae of WA sport. Um, and this was just part of that, giving some of these sports a platform that they hadn't previously had, where we knew these were great competitions and great value. And um, they're also sort of help you follow the journey of some players from, you know, 15, 16 to the AFL. I, I reflect on the first game we ever streamed was, I think, between, oh, I'm going to be in trouble here because I can't remember who the opposition was, but um, Hale School, one of the local schools, and it was an AFL Australian Rules football game. Uh, and the kid called Neil Erasmus, who was 16, um, you know, kicked four goals and was a superstar. Um, by the end of the year, he popped up in a Colts flag um, for Subiaco in the Waffle. Um, and then the next year, he was a top 10 draft pick. And it was, um, yeah, it was really cool just to follow that journey from, from you know, when he was a teenager and to actually see, you know, the two years of work that he put in to get to that point. Um, and so that's where, you know, those, those things just sort of reinforced the value for us. Um, but again, yeah, it was, it was offering more on the digital side of things, um, giving people that extra reason to subscribe, um, which they did in, in, in really good numbers. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Did you actually see the needle sort of moving on, on it driving new subscriptions? Tremendously, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you can see there's obviously there's similar programs um, at different media organisations across the country. So, um, yeah, we definitely saw it, it move the needle in, those, uh, in that area. Um, but I think probably at the end of the two years when we really took stock, the, the churn from those subscribers was probably higher than um, subscribers coming in through other avenues. Um, but we also realised that there was probably value yeah, beyond our borders as well. So it was in terms of we saw the, the, the opportunity to, to scale the program, um, but do it in a way that had actual value or more value to those clubs and the leagues and we were providing through through the West. Well, let's drill into just like the technical side of things a bit. So the, the, the thinking is that pretty much, you know, any game at any level that goes on, there'll be somebody who's not at the game who would quite like to see it for whatever reason, friends, family, you know, support the club or whatever, um, who previously, I guess, just used to have to miss it um, because, of course, you needed broadcast cameras and all of that sort of thing. What do you need now in order to stream something? So we, we cater for, for every level. So we wanted to have uh, a platform which if you were investing a, a bit of money in you know, a top-end stream, top-quality stream, which probably wasn't going to move the needle for you know one of the major broadcasters, but you still wanted a place to put it, which gave you sort of more value than probably some of the social platforms. Um, so we wanted to have an option for them. Um, but we wanted to go right down to, you know, if, yeah, the um, club secretary or a mum or a dad um, has a phone and a tripod on the sidelines. Well, we wanted to have an option for them to be able to, to stream too, um, which we've seen a lot of over the um, uh, 18 months, I think. We're in yeah, February 2022. And for the quality of the viewing, I presume you kind of want some version of a camera at each end, do you? Does that does that make for, for better viewing or are most games kind of single single camera jobs still? Most games, I would say that, yeah, the majority on, of games on the platform are single camera, um, just from a sort of budgetary, particularly some of these leagues, you know, bringing 150 games through the season, you know, they've got to manage their costs. They're not, um, you know, they're got, not getting huge dollars through uh, the sponsorship side of things. Um, so generally they're single camera. Um, and it's surprising what, particularly with um, like small court sports, basketball, 
netball, volleyball, um, what you can do with yeah, a single camera on the sidelines. Um, there are some sports where it's a bit more of a challenge, um, yeah, Australian rules in particular. Um, big, uh, big fields uh, and a lot of these venues don't have any elevation, so um, it makes it hard then. But, um, but yeah, you'd also be surprised at the, uh, how quickly some of these community clubs are evolving to, to recognise that, you know, for, for special games or whatever, you know, finding $500 to $1,000 to get a, a crew in to do a bit of a production, um, they really see the value in that. Excellent. Um, yeah, and I suppose they, they, as well as the live footage, they get other things from it. It might just be worth, yeah, talking about um, beyond just streaming the game live, what else it is that Streamer actually kind of offers. Yeah, easy. Um, so we one of the main tools that we have that clubs and leagues utilise is the clipping. So um, you can do it live uh, or you can do it on demand um, and just clip out the highlights of the games, um, download them off the platform and share them wherever you like. So um, we've obviously seen a lot of value there. And you, it's funny to see the reactions because we, we do a bit of it ourselves um, on social to sort of promote the platform, obviously. But the reactions from some of these kids, and it shows that um, – that like people are really passionate about the leagues that they're playing in or the kids are playing in, um, and they really react to it very strongly, um, mostly for good. And that's what we, that's where we try to keep the conversation. But um, yeah, the passion and, and the the love of the sport and these leagues and these clubs at the lower level, um, you know, people think it wouldn't be the same as one of the big you know elite level clubs, but it's probably even more. Um, to be honest with you, my my club's lost. I think four or five grand finals in the last eight years, and I can tell you I felt every one of them. <laughs> now, you mentioned um, already that one of the kind of sort of uh, opportunities for clubs is to to create a, a revenue stream through offering the digital fan pass. How does that work? Yeah, correct. So that's um, so a club will come in and, and broadcast for free, and there will be the option there to support the club. So that'll be the user or the member of the fan chipping in $5 a month uh, recurring. Um, and that's, yeah, for that, they get the ability to clip highlights as well as a sort of club administrators. Um, but, yeah, so that just creates, you know, a, an ongoing recurring revenue stream for those clubs who, who still want the growth, still want, don't want to be behind a paywall, but would like some income coming through as well. Um, and, yeah, depending on uh, some, some clubs have been really successful with it. it it's one of those ones where it, it – if you're engaged and you're sort of pushing the program, um, you can see real value come back for it. And then um, from the point of view of Streamer and Seven West Media, the main kind of revenue stream for you is um, uh, display advertising. Yeah, partnerships and advertising. So, um, and this is probably, so we're obviously been honing this for about 18 months now in Western Australia. And then there's the, the national um, expansion, which is coming next. Um, but I think that's been a lot of the, the last 18 months is figuring out the sweet spot. Um, early days, we probably thought that, um, you know, the, the portion of subscription revenue was going to be a larger part of our, our model. But we've, we've come to realise the value and the value that brands um, and partners see in this space and also our ability to, to go out and sell it because that is, you know, what this company is very good at. Um, and, and so we've probably lent more towards now partnerships and advertising um, is where we're going to see 
the, the bulk of our revenue coming from. I think you had BH, BHP as the kind of the first big sponsor. Which is tremendous. Um, you know, one of Australia's biggest companies seeing, seeing the value in what we do, recognising it and supporting it. Um, and they've been un- unbelievable to work with um, so far. So they've come on board as our foundation partner. Um, everywhere you see Streamer, you'll see PHP, essentially. Um, yeah, unbelievable partnership. Um, you know, Anthony just said with Marina at Fuster again. Um, and Brent Stewart deserves a lot of credit there too in sort of helping. He, um, he's been really involved with Streamer from day dot. Um, and he's quite passionate about it. Our chief sales officer over here in WA. So, um, yeah, so they're really leading the charge with getting BHP on board. And um, there's big things for that partnership already and big things coming. And let's talk about some of the stats. Um, how many games have you actually streamed so far and how many kind of monthly views are you typically getting? Uh, so the game streamed, uh, it's, it's becoming hard to keep track of, honestly, but it's, it's you know, more than probably 1,400, 1,500 um, by this stage. In the last year, we've grown from... 76 clubs on the platform to about 265 now. Um, and then beyond that, we're probably averaging about 50,000 unique users per month. Um, and of course, that's primarily in Western Australia now. So we've seen the growth here and we can um, we can project forward to once we, we really get up and running on the Eastern Seaboard as well. Yeah. And what is the plan to kind of move into um, the Eastern Seaboard? Presumably you'll use the kind of wider seven west media family to kind of get the name out there for streamer yeah it's the uh, that's one of the, the the other sort of validating factors for us has been the number of leagues along the journey who started coming to us already um so obviously our early work with you know we work with some of the biggest i suppose i don't know if you call them tier two but you know wider community sports tier two leagues um in western australia um and that's obviously started to get noticed over east as well so um, we say over east. That's the typical one, isn't it? From, I'm from Queensland, so I've started saying over east as well. <laughs> um, uh, but we, so we've been approached already by a few different leagues and clubs, and and I suppose right now we we're in discussions with you know many multiples um, of leagues and clubs um, from Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, you know, Tasmania, South Australia. It's really right now we're in a really strong acquisition phase leading into the next winter season. So. Um, yeah, expect that to be when we really sort of start popping up everywhere. And what's been your biggest game so far? Our biggest game? There's a couple that, that come to mind. Uh, one is there was a, a representative game. So the Waffle Colts Grand Finals and the Waffle Women's Grand Finals always do well. Um, a couple of really big NPLWA fixtures when there was promotion and relegation on the line. Um, but there was a representative game from the Perth Football League, which is like the amateur um, football league over here, and the VAFA, the Victorian Amateur Football League, um, which kind of knocked our socks off. We didn't really know what to expect from that. It was mid-year, um, and, and that did really well. Awards nights do really well um, as well. I suppose it's everybody thinking that they're going to pick up a gong somewhere along the way. Um, I'm still waiting for my C3 Reggie's best and fairest nod, uh, but didn't manage to get any votes there. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that, those ones have done really well for us as well. So Sandover medals, um, even some sort of smaller Metro like Football League awards nights do surprisingly well. Yeah, gosh, that's a really interesting thought about awards nights because I guess that potentially takes it way beyond just sport because, you know, everyone has awards, don't they? Every industry. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, and that's what, and then I, I think there is an element of the future of the platform where we will be 
broaching or, or broadening our horizons beyond sport. Um, but it is kind of given the genesis of the program, that's sort of what we know and where we're starting. So, um, and, um, and do you, it might be a bit early to think about this, but I presume as it sort of gets traction and finds an audience, at some point the sporting codes themselves are going to start sort of thinking, well, hang on, we'd like a slice of this action. Um, who, who actually at the moment, what you're broadcasting or when you create the clips, who owns those rights at the moment? Is it, does it belong to the clubs or does it belong to you or is it still kind of yet to be resolved? No, it, it belongs to the clubs, the, the vision. Um, you know, we have the rights to, to broadcast it and, um, you know, transmit it in other ways and, and sort of chop it up for socials, etc. Um, but that's probably the heart of what we built is we, we built this for the leagues and the clubs. Um, so we, we want to make sure that they, you know, they own what they're broadcasting. They're, we don't do – so that's probably a good um, uh, I thing to discuss. So we don't actually handle production for these clubs. They all bring the production to us. Um, and so particularly with that in mind, you know, we, we want to make sure that they own the rights to what they, they're putting out there. Um, and that everything that we do sort of has them in mind. It's been a really interesting balance, um, but not a hard one to achieve, I must say, between, you know, building something which is really good um, for the clubs and the leagues um, and, and building something which is you know, a sustainable business model as well. So, um, yeah, an interesting balance, but not a hard one to achieve, we found. And where, obviously, in, into the, you know, the eastern side of the country we've, we've talked about, where else can this can this product go? Where can you take it? Do you think either in geographic geographical terms or what you can actually do with the product? Yeah, well, um, I don't know. When do we start colonising Mars? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we we have we've got big aims for this project. Um, see the, the the sort of next phase in our evolution and, and and our goals is to be like the genuine home of community sport um, in Australia, which is kind of our tagline. Well, not that, not that wordy, but um, it's a tagline, but it's also sort of our aspiration. So, um, you know, extending beyond just the streams to have, you know, user-generated written content, podcasts, um, you know, audio, different audio, video um, elements to it as well, as well as sort of a social aspect where users are able to really interact and engage with the, the vision. Um, we, we want to be sort of the home of lean-in content and we want to really start be a, be a leader in that space and, in terms of grabbing that audience that's coming through and really starting to deliver content to the way in them that they, in a way that they expect and in a way that they really engage with far more than um, you know, some of the more traditional ways of broadcasting. So is this, uh, I suppose I think about, not quite the same model, but I think about something like Stan, which is owned by Nine, but sort of stands on its own two feet, um, you know, and is its own entity. Is that the possibility or the kind of long-term vision here for Streamer that it kind of, yeah, sort of steps gradually, sort of steps away from the West and becomes its own thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and we are. There's a lot of synergies, obviously, at the moment. Um, but we are part of the wider ecosystem, um, and this sort of expansion um, nationally is a part of that, branching out from from our roots and um, and becoming our own our own platform. And you can see that even in the growth of the team. Um, so this project is operated almost like a startup within, you know, a publicly listed company. Um, so we, for the first year, um, you know, after Anthony Morena um, made the decision to go at it for this different um, different model and different point of views, they um, 
asked me to sort of help make it work. Um, and so for the first year, it was it was we we had some external development um, internally. I was sort of the, the one person working on the project. Um, but by the start of year two or season two, um, we've grown the team to uh, I think we've got 10, um, 10 people full time on the project now. So um, that's Todd Baker, who's come in from three hundred three Mullenlow, uh, joined the project in about February. So, so we sort of sit um, on the head of the operations and and make it all work. It's kind of, you know as much as you you have defined roles, given that it is still a smaller team working on this. We obviously work across every part of it: um, content, uh, commercial, operations. Um, so, and we've got a development in-house now, which is really crucial for us. So we, we tested it out, we built the proof of concept, um, and now we're really turbocharging um, what we deliver and, and what different products we build on top of that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting the point you make about being a sort of a startup within a publicly listed company. I know sometimes sort of one of the challenges when you're inside a larger organisation is when you want to do something that requires being nimble you uh, it, it, it can be difficult have you had that as a challenge or or is it actually been have you been the person whose job it is to insulate the rest of the team from that there, there's definitely been it, it was probably more of a challenge early days um but but now i think we found a pretty uh, like a really good way of working and the buy-in um you know we cashed in probably that first year i cashed in almost every favor i'd built up over the 14 15 years i've been with the company um, but since then, I think everybody's really start like the, it didn't take long for people to start to see the value and everybody to really buy in. Um, so these days, it's, uh, we, it's probably not as much of a challenge um, as it once was. Pro- to, to be honest, yeah, we don't really the challenge that 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 challenge doesn't really register for us anymore. Um, everybody's been really supportive, um, you know, willing to have conversations whenever we need to have conversations um, and get boots on the ground to to help this program really fly. Yeah, I presume, I mean, for me, that I guess, you know, I, I, I was aware of this already, but hearing it um, uh, mentioned at the upfronts where obviously that's to, you know, the big kind of audience of the, you know, the national audience of buyers, that felt like quite a strong signal that it's a priority for the company as a whole. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, and again, there's been, the BHP was obviously a major marker and a major um, vote of confidence and, uh, it's been yeah really rewarding for everybody who's been involved um, early days on this project to to see that buy in um, and you know right from the top down you know, James Warburton you know, Kurt Burnett um, he was the chairman Kerry Stokes has been um, very across this project from the start um, to see everybody really sort of back it in and yeah see the value um, and see what it could become as well um, yeah it's a, it's it's going to be an exciting couple of years ahead and beyond. And what about for you? Obviously, you're, you're in this role as operations uh, manager, but previously you were sports editor of the West, editor of Perth Now, um, so sort of very journalist roles. Um, where does your career go from here? Uh, this is a very, a very good question. I enjoy, I mean, obviously I've put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this project, so you know I'm not going anywhere. Um, but I, I just enjoy doing cool things and innovating. Um we probably came into journalism at the time where it was on that cusp of every, everything going digital. And I was typically the one who knew how to, the, the person who knew the internet and so sort of cast into those roles uh, everywhere I landed. Um, and, but I, that's it. I found 
I get bored quite eat quite quickly if we're not doing something new and cool. Um, and so with a project like this, uh, then we're doing something new and cool every other month. Um, and if we're not, we're, we're thinking about how we're going to do it in two to, two to three months' time. Um, so this is really, I mean, this is part of it. I'd probably, uh, depending on uh, if I need to bust out a story, I'll do that once in a while, uh, dust off the, uh, the keyboard. So I suppose that's the thing is you've got to spin lots of plates. Yeah, that's right. And that's part of it. I mean, the, the journalism, I was always looking for something something new to add to, to my skill set and add to what we did um, to make it a sort of a, a more varied product. But part of this project has been, um, there's, there's obviously every every kind of different element to it. So, you know, commercial operations, um, you know, dealing directly with clubs and stakeholder management there, um, you know, figuring out new ways of broadcast as well. Um, so I've really been enjoyed being across all of those um, and upskilling myself. And that's kind of, yeah, I, I don't like sitting still um, in terms of what I'm doing, um, which is not an option anymore. I've got two kids at home, so there's never get to sit still. But um, I'm really enjoying um, learning all the different elements of the business um, and dealing with all the sports and the clubs too is a huge element. I, I just love talking to people and I love sport. Um, and I love uh, innovation in sport. So having these conversations and, and sort of being in these rooms, uh, I've really enjoyed. And, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly like what, what the rest of my career looks like, but um, it's going to be like very streamer-related, obviously. Nick, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much, Tim. It was great to get together. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.